Hey everybody, this is Erica. And this is Tina. And we are A92A. A92A stands for ages nine to adult. That's how long we've been on this journey together as friends. 92 is also our high school graduation year. And ages nine to adult is a nod to the board game life, which we rockified as kids in order to live out our rock and roll fantasies. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Tina, today is special guest day. (laughs) It is. Very special. I'm so, so thrilled to introduce a killer musician. Tina, you and I got to know him as the basis for the band Trickster. We've talked about him many times on this podcast and about the band in general. And his career has continued to evolve for the last 30 plus years with solo projects and collaborations and working with some of the biggest active rock names in the business. It's insane the longevity this man has had, really. Of course, the only person I could be talking about is the coolest, PJ Farley. Yay! Yay! I'm going to use that intro. You are? (laughs) We'll email it to you. (laughs) That's a soundbite. Thank you so much for joining us, PJ. You guys don't know this, but we had to reschedule this interview so many times, and he was a saint kind of going with the flow with us, so we really appreciate it. But we're going to jump right in. Tina and I have so many questions for you, PJ. We really do. We've talked about you so many times on this podcast, so we're going to jump right in. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's do it. So I want to know, like as a kid, you started out drumming, but it seems like you kind of found your true passion playing bass. And in the late 80s and 90s, when Trickster was kind of first coming up, who were the bassists in the business at that time that you really respected? So not even so much your influences, but at that time, who were some of the other bass players that you really thought were the coolest? Um, Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. Nice. Um, Nikki Six, Motley Crue. And then you have the other spectrum, which Jaco Pistorius, um, Stanley Clark, um, wow. Kenny Lee, um, yeah. uh, a number. It was this, this was in 19, I don't know, 80 something, I don't know. But right around that time, those those are who I was, those are the players that I was looking at. Have you had a chance to play with like some or most of them over the course of your career? Um. I opened for Motley Crue once. Yeah. That's as close as I got. Um, nowhere near Getty Lee. Um, Steve Harris, not yet. Not yet. Um, I like the attitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's bound to happen. <laughs> I play in too many bands. One of them That's got to right. play with Iron Maiden. <laughs> Absolutely. I am optimistic. <laughs> Well, so funny. I want to go back to Trickster's self-titled album coming out in 1990. You were really just kind of a kid back then. I mean, you were a teenager, like 17, 18, when that album came out. What was it like being so young and thrust into the limelight and playing, you know, big shows and touring around? What was that like? It was really exciting because we were so hungry and ready for it, even though we were so young. And But we went on the road. It was just... a our group of friends and our band traveling the, you know, the country together. Our road crew was our friends. You know, we were brothers. So it was just like, I mean, we didn't feel like we were on the road. We just felt like every day was a gift because we were so young. We had nothing really holding us back. We had no bills, no nothing. It was just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. And it's the best time to do it. It's really like every you know, teenager's dream. Like, I can't believe it. Totally. Like, I'm a rock star at 18. Like, that's just... Oh, my a- God. My son is 18. I cannot imagine him going on tour right now. I think that's crazy. <laughs> I, it was. 
Well, I have an awkward story because I met you oh, around man. that time. This is, ugh. she said, I, we, PJ, I've heard this story so many times over the course. We've been friends since we were in elementary school. Now this happened a little bit later on when we were in high school, but I've heard the story so many times. Yeah. So, Tina, well, tell the story. A good friend of ours worked at the radio station and she got me backstage um, at your show. It was in the Sioux City Auditorium. And I can't, we can't really remember who you were touring with, maybe Firehouse, White Lion, something like that. Um, and I was backstage and, and met you and I was incredibly shy back then and, and introverted, but I was also trying to be really cool. Um, I was probably 16. I don't know. And the whole thing was just very awkward. You were so kind. You were asking me questions and trying to engage me in conversation. And I was so standoffish and weird and, and awkward. And you gave up after a few minutes. I, I don't blame you at all. Like you were like, okay, well, nice meeting you and kind of rolled off to, you know, go to the craft table. But, uh, um, this is my chance at redemption really, but you know, but, and literally, but it's been like we have to get PJ Farley on the podcast so that <laughs> Tina can redeem her social awkwardness. So thank you, so, thank you for so that. So you 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 can actually talk. I can. <laughs> I, I'm actually. Yeah, he's remembered this so many years. He's remembered this. <laughs> Thirty-two <laughs> years later, we finally the secrets, you know, it's, I, revealed. Yes, accurate, oh, accurate. So funny. So we loved Trickster. Your music, especially at the time, I think felt really fun and carefree. And especially like Give It To Me Good had more of an impactful acoustic sound. I mean, it was really kind of a little bit of a different sound or a diversion for what was out at the time. And I thought Correct. the lyrics in all of your songs were really great as well. Now, I have heard that Trickster may reemerge in some form or fashion at some point. Is there any truth to that? Um, well, currently, the guitar player, Steve Brown, and I, we are kind of keeping the spirit alive by just doing some select acoustic shows where he and okay. I sing the songs, tell stories. You know, we do some stuff from my solo records, um, some deep cuts and um, just kind of really have fun. But really just to kind of keep it alive. You know, yeah. um, the other guys aren't really in the game anymore. Pete's moved on. He's kind of like he's got his life at home. And, uh, you know, so he's kind of just not really into the touring mm -hmm. game and, you know, which is fine. Yeah, that's a, that's, that happens. Life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. So uh, Steve and I are just working musicians is what we do. So in, in lieu of keeping the songs alive and, you know, people want to hear them. So, you know, we do our best to uh, do them and sing them properly yeah. and tell stories about it and just really kind of appreciate the fact that we can still do it. and People still want right. to hear it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm curious. I want to go back to the sort of early 90s into the mid 90s. The, the music scene was really changing. We were hearing the Seattle sound come down, hip hop, just different vibes. What was the conversation within Trickster at that time? Were you guys worried about staying relevant and contemporary and writing, you know, songs that would still appeal to your fan base? Like, what were you guys talking about in, in that time period? I think we knew right when our second record came out and we were going to radio and being shut out immediately we came out and like radio stations were just changing their formats every single day it was like oh we no longer play that stuff we're playing grunge alternative mm -hmm. nope sorry where we would get added to all these stations that are like can't play you now we knew the writing was on the wall and we were on the kiss tour and we were like okay guys let's enjoy this because this is probably going to be the last big tour we're going to see for quite some time mm -hmm. we always had a really good kind of perspective and head on our shoulders. You know, we were always happy to be there no matter what appreciative. Yeah. We never took it for granted. Um, and we knew 
there's a trap door in cloud nine. Yeah. We didn't know when it was going to open. So mm-hmm. uh, we kind of, we felt it rumble a little bit once we got on that tour and went to radio for our first single. So, you know, we kind of prepared for landing, so to speak. Sure. Well, I, I, that segues right into my next question, because really you were able to make that jump from that kind of 80s metal genre to modern rock in a way that a lot of others haven't, um, notably with the bands Ra and Fozzie and many others that you've toured with and played on albums with. What's your secret to longevity in this business? And how do you think these collaborations continue to fuel you creatively as a musician? Um, yeah, I've been really blessed to be able to, um, on the conveyor just kind of keep if not remaining level or leveling up Mm -hmm. you know and relevant um i've been really lucky that way i think i mean luck definitely has to play a part in it um but i also believe in manifestation and you know if you mean what you're doing um it's going to translate it's going to be contagious you're going to attract it you know and i've never gone through my career thinking I'm the best musician in the world because I certainly am not. I ju- I'm just not. You can throw a dart out a window and hit a better musician than me. But I also mean it more than I think some of those better players. And mm-hmm. like, I think I'm, if I'm going out, if I want to play in a particular band, it's because I know I can handle the tunes. It's not out of my wheelhouse. And I know that I could probably mean it more than the next guy. Yeah. Mm. And I believe yeah. that. And I think that uh, just the genuine um, approach is really the thing that kind of carries me. You know, I really um, am passionate. It's, it's so. And I think that that goes far further than really being the greatest musician in the world. I really believe that. Yeah. True. It's, it's really great. We, we, you know, we talked with John Karabi fairly recently and same kind of thing. He's really a working musician. He's been doing this for years and years and years and isn't burning bridges and is meeting new people and working with new people. It's really great to see that rather than bands that, you know, were a flash in the pan and then just went away. We don't know where they went, you know? Yeah. It's appreciation too. I mean, I think the fact that I had so much success early on, it kind of it set the tone. It gave me a background of, you know, I always kind of equate it to being the New York Yankees. You know, the Yankees don't win the World Series every year, but they won it a lot. They're so blessed. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Yankee fan. And my best friend's a Mets fan. And he's bitter and hates the Yankee fans. And meanwhile, I, I don't have a problem with the Mets or the Mets fans or anything. Like, hey, guys, you're winning this year? Good for you, you know? And yeah. I'm, I'm losing this year, but I'll get him next year, you know? I just So I kind of have that little part of success that took away any bitterness that might mm. have uh, uh, kind of bubbled if I didn't have that. Yeah. Cause I think that's what kind of ruins some people's um, demeanor when they mm-hmm. go out for things and want to play with people. And, you know, you, you got to learn how to play the music, mean it and be a good hang too, and be a mm-hmm. good person. And I think that, definitely played a part in letting me be, you know, appreciative and take the good with the bad. It's like, Hey man, I, I got, I'm blessed. 
No it's what. so true. Like I, I can think of a lot of, I can think of a handful of people just off the top of my head. Cause of course we follow a lot of people on social media and it seems like there are some out there who really have that bitter attitude and they're constantly complaining about not getting picked up by this tour or not getting this opportunity or somebody else got something they didn't. And, you know, I just don't think good things tend to manifest as easily for people to go into life and into the universe yeah. with that kind of attitude. So I can 100%. definitely see where that would help. Yeah. Did you did you yeah, ever I've done, I've done my share of gigs that are not glamorous at all where <laughs> right. I've had plenty of moments where I go, it's gonna get better, right? <laughs> like it is it is that it? Was that it? Am I missing something here? Because what I'm doing right now is dreadful. And I've been there plenty of times, but I always kept my chin up, you know, and just said, ah, keep your head up, man, and stay at it. So mm -hmm. did you ever have a backup plan or did you ever consider doing something else or have you always been able to fill the gaps musically? Uh, I know nothing else. Okay. I started so young and I, I, I hit a good streak when I was so young. I didn't have time for a backup plan. You know, I, I learned no other skill. Well, All that's not true because I've seen, I've seen you in some of your music videos and I think you have some acting talent. Like I, I could see <laughs> actor in your future. <laughs> all right well I, would, I might have to put that you know theory to test at some point yeah. <laughs> well come out to la you could go on some auditions it'll be great um i have to ask and my apologies this is going to be really silly but of course fozzy is fronted by chris jericho of of professional wrestling fame do the two of you ever wrestle does he teach you any moves um no we have not wrestled yet it <laughs> Luckily, it has not come to that. Um, <laughs> no, we, we um, it's funny because Chris and I became friends through music. Um, Eddie Trunk introduced us like 15 years ago, and he was a big Trickster fan. So we had dinner one night, and I didn't really know him as a wrestler. I, didn't, yeah. I was kind of out of wrestling by the time I was like 12, 13. So I never saw him wrestle. And I know Chris, the musician and mm -hmm. the music fan. Of course, I know his whole right. wrestling career now, but I only saw him wrestle for the first time last year when we were on tour. And mm -hmm. I'd seen clips online, but uh, I didn't know his wrestling career. And um, so when we're together, it's there's no time for you know that. Right? We're always right. so talking about music, and we have so much to talk about. We have a lot of the same interests, and um, we have such a good hang with that. But um, you know. I mean, now I, I, I do follow it now and I watch it and I'm just mesmerized. Like, I can't believe what he's doing out there. And so, one of these days I'll, I'll have to have him teach me something. Do, do you, I can't, do I can't you, have him be one of my closest friends at this point and not learn a move or two. I think you should learn a throw or something like that. But if you, so if you were a professional wrestler, what would your persona be? Like, do you have a, a character in mind for that? I, you know, I don't know. I have to put a little thought into Let's it. Think about that. Okay. That does take yeah. some thought. I read, I read some article or an interview with, uh, with Chris Jericho where he was talking about the fact that people often ask him like, which came first or which are you? Are you a musician or are you a wrestler? And he's like, I'm in both. I've always been both. A lot of yeah. people either know him as one or the other, but truly like he is both and he's always been interested in both. So mm -hmm. That sounds about right. So 100%. you're currently touring with Eric Martin. We've been following you on socials, your escapades all over the U.S. So what's that been like? What's your current tour like? Um, it's great, actually. For, it's 
Eric Martin, myself, Paul Pesco on guitar, Jason Hartless on drums, and we're opening for Michael Shanker. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 cool for you know, uh, I'm getting up there in age, so it's like, you know, I I hear sometimes we're going on eleven o'clock. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh uh uh-uh. Yeah. So we're on it. Yeah, we're on at eight o'clock you. every night. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> Even with Fozzie, we headline. We're on nine thirty every night. That's doable. Yeah. Any later than that, I'm like, oh man, come on, I need a nap. So tonight, this this tour we're on at eight o'clock. It's a half hour set. We're done at eight thirty. Back to the hotel at nine o'clock if we want. So wow, that's amazing. It's amazing because Shanker, any musician I talk to, because you know guitar players in particular love Shanker, and not just love Shanker. They're like, no, he's the guy that started mm-hmm. it for me. And mm-hmm. uh, on this tour, I've noticed that. A lot of people feel the same way. 80% of this tour has been sold out so far. Mm. And the fans are just cult-like. And it's a it's a treat to see him play every night. It really is uh, amazing. And you get to see why people are such uh, big followers of him. So it, it's, a, it's a really cool tour for us. Yeah. And that wraps when? When do you wrap up your tour with, with Shanker and with Eric Martin? October 27th is our last show. We jump okay. off before the last two or three dates of the tour. Okay, so a few more opportunities to catch it before you guys mm-hmm. are, are done. Um, but you've recorded two solo albums as well, Boutique Sound Frames and Accent the Change. Do you have more plans for solo work or what else is next for you? Um, the ideas are starting to come a little bit slowly. I don't, I don't plan on doing, I didn't plan on doing a second record. It just kind of really? happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like a song came, another song came. And then before I knew it, you know, once the floodgates open, like, I guess I'm doing a record, um, you know, but it, it's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort financially, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and these days, not a lot in return. And mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. music is music is a platform to just kind of draw people in, not, you know, recoup. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't stop writing. So um, it's it's starting to happen again where I had some time off this summer and I was able to just kind of, and I had some extra time off after we pushed the Fozzie tour back and I had time to just let my brain float around and, you know, kind of be creative. Um, so yeah, some, some stuff appeared. So we'll see. I'm not putting a, a time frame or a goal of doing a record or anything. I mean, Mm. you know, I'm starting to come around with the old mentality of the new model, which is, you know, release a single and then a couple months later, release another single. Um, You know, the old dog in me was, you know, that last record I put out, it's like, no, I got, I have, you know, the sequence, there's, there's a ride that you go on with the record and um, it doesn't really land too much anymore. People are just like Spotify, play PJ Farley, let it rain. Okay? You mm-hmm. know, and that's it. it. It's not like put the record on start to finish anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like so few people do that. I mean, I know vinyl is making a resurgence. So maybe in that sort of space, yeah. people are listening to things more start to finish, but obviously most people are consuming music the way you just said, where they're looking for one song and you're listening to it and then you're done, you move on to a different artist. So that's very true. Right. 
well, thank you, PJ. We know that you're in a time crunch. You're on tour. You're in hotels. You're trying to make make things happen. So thank you for joining us. You've been so much fun to talk to. We love that you are still performing live and putting out excellent music and pushing the limits with what you drop into the universe. So I know the two of us will be following along wherever your journey leads next. But that's that fantastic. Kind of, yeah, right. absolutely. But we also have a listener call out. We want others to kind of join in on social media this week. Tell us about your favorite PJ Farley music moments. Did you love Trickster like the two of us? Have you been following PJ and Ra or Fozzie or with Eric Martin? Who would you love to see PJ collaborate with next? PJ, do you have somebody that you want to collaborate with next? I'd like to hear their their thoughts on it. Um not at the moment because I have such a full dance card. I'm like, yeah, I, I it's in God's hands. Who's going to call? <laughs> but I love it. I love playing with different people. It keeps me on my toes. Mm. It makes makes me branch out and uh, a more well-rounded, you know, musician. So I love it. I mean, I, I long I miss the days of just being in. You know, Trickster was one band, one for all, all for one, hyper focused. I miss that because we were so zoned in. But, you know, those days are gone. You just can't do it anymore. You can't bank on one mm-hmm. scenario anymore. So I'm I'm thankful, although I, I missed that for so long, I'm thankful that my career took me to all these other uh, places and bands and, you know, um, genres. Well, I feel like even musicians that are in like really solid bands that are still performing and touring and making music, they're still going out and collaborating individually with other musicians and other artists. So that's definitely something I think that keeps people alive creatively and keeps those uh, keeps those juices flowing. So we can't wait to see what you do next. But all right, guys, you can follow us and interact with us on our website, a92a.life on Instagram at a92a underscore life or check out our Facebook page, a92a. And in the meantime, keep ratting those bangs and banging those heads. Thank you so much, PJ. Thank you. Love thank you. you. Right on. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Tina. Bud. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Well, thank you so much, for real. Thank you for doing this. I know it was kind of a crazy thing to try to schedule, but we really, really greatly appreciate it. That's all right. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Yeah. All right. Have a great show tonight. All right, thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.